Here we go. Welcome to the Transform with Travel podcast, where we share stories of personal transformation and life lessons through our experiences of traveling and exploring the world. Travel is the ultimate accelerator for personal growth, and it can be the root catalyst for the pivots and plot twists we make in our lives. I'm your host, Kelly Tolliday, and it's my mission to inspire you to live life to its fullest, travel with an open mind and heart, and let the world show you a new perspective. I'm so grateful you're here with us today, so let's dive right in. Happy exploring. All right, here we go. Welcome, here we Miri. Thank Miri you. Rodriguez. Yay. Welcome to the podcast, the Transform with Travel podcast. Thank you so much for joining this morning. We're so just grateful that you're sharing your time, sharing your story. Uh, so those listening, Mary and I have known each other for about a year and a half now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we had a guest come to one of our mini retreats, and she was like, look, I love what you guys are doing. Mm-hmm. You have to meet my friend Mary. She owns a brand called Be Mindful, Be Happy. I think you guys would have so much in common and so much to share. And so I texted Mary, and within a week we had a meeting at a local cafe, and here we are today. Here we so are. much has blossomed and, and just really has come out of this beautiful relationship that between me, Chloe, and you. Mm-hmm. Mary came as a guest workshop expert teacher for us <laughs> in for our Greece retreat, and it was such a beautiful culmination of the end of the retreat. I think so many of our guests got so much out of it. So for those listening who don't know Mary Rodriguez, Mary is a global recognized storyteller, best-selling author of brand storytelling, and owner of Be Mindful, Be Happy. Mm-hmm. Mary brings 15-plus years of experience expertise, valuable industry, and consulting insights matched with a lighthearted and authentic delivery and approach. Mary has earned several awards in digital marketing and customer experience and is ranked as a top in-demand speaker at leading industry conferences around the world. Her social advocacy and philanthropic work include volunteering to train social enterprise leaders in Africa, coaching students at Network for Teaching and Entrepreneurship in the U.S., and mentoring men and women to build their personal brand with empathy, passion, and purpose. She currently works at Microsoft as Senior Storyteller for Health and Public Sector Industries, and we are so grateful to have you here to be I'm sharing honored. this space. Thank you, Kelly. I am so honored. Thank you for having me. This is this is amazing. I, am, I love your podcast, and I love what you're doing here, so thank you. The honor is mine. Thank you so much. And I would love to just open up really open up the podcast, just sharing a little bit more about your background. I know we're going to dive deep into the relaunch of your book, the second edition of your book, Brand Storytelling, and really go into, you know, what that means for traveling and sharing stories and the root of, of the root of the emotion of stories and and what that means. This is what this podcast is all about is sharing stories of personal transformation. And, and that is whether you're a corporate global brand or it's your own personal brand mission it's something that I think a lot of us can really take away from but first a little bit about you your background where you're from and 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 you know what what your what your mission is in what this my world. story what's, yeah, your, what's story? your story what's your brand story <laughs> yeah yeah so I, uh, I was born and raised in Venezuela so in Caracas Venezuela and my parents are mission were missionaries so we family of five we traveled all around um, Latin America actually by car picking up stories from people you know my parents uh, were preachers and so they were storytellers in their own space and I watched them all the time and I was fascinated by understanding how stories are the tool to really connect hearts. Uh, when we sit down and we share what we're doing right now, uh, I, I witnessed that power and I was fascinated by it. I actually didn't know I was going to be doing this professionally once. In fact, I wanted to be a jet fighter pilot. 
you changed gears a little <laughs> Real bit. Real <there>. quick. <laughs> well, I actually went through when I came to the states. I, I I did go four years into Air Force ROTC and ended up being the first female commander of my school. Wow. I earned two scholarships and full rides to actually go do this. So this oh was God, pretty I had much no idea. idea. I know. <laughs> no, but a lot of people don't know that. Uh, so I did. I did three internships and I knew all the instruments. I mean, I could fly a plane by you know. A, Theoretically, <laughs> by the time I was a senior, but you know, life life happens, and, and I I actually heard a crazy statistics like only like five percent of people don't quote me on that, but some real small amount of people actually get to do in life what they signed up to do in college, kind of thing. You exactly. Know? So I I switched gears and I went into comms communications back then. You know, there was not a lot that you could do with that other than your regular kind of old PR journalism and marketing. And I didn't know that's what I wanted to do. I was just like, hey, let me just figure this out as I go. And that's been part of my story, just figuring it out. And I say yes a lot to things that I'm intuitively connected to, even if I don't yet know fully where it's going to end up. And it has always ended up in the right place because it's that intuition. And so as I navigated a career, I got into tech, which would have never you know, thought that's where it was all taking me. So I've been in tech for over 15 years. I won't date myself, but it's a long time. <laughs> and I've been, you know, um, navigating the space of comms. And of course, social media was born, digital media was born, and all these great tools that we have today that we're enjoying right now as we listen to this podcast. Nobody, you know, you didn't go to school to podcast. You didn't go to school to do social media or even do storytelling. Um, I ended up in a job that it's actually, a, it's called a storyteller. I am a storyteller. I It's a content strategy role for a health and public services industry. So I basically work with agency and government to tell their stories of how Microsoft's technology is enabling services to our citizens. And it's mm. fascinating. What I find really great about the entire storyline, my whole narrative, is that it's been embedded in this idea of stories and empathy and really at the core how when we when we tell a story, we enable that empathy from us to other people and from people to us. And that to me is a really great currency for for relationships. Yeah, absolutely. I I I definitely want to touch on that the storytelling relationship between yeah. each other and the empathy because I think that's just like the ground zero of relationships while you're traveling. Yeah. But I want to back up a little bit and just discuss what it was like to travel with your parents and in in such a unique way. Mm-hmm. You're traveling all around Latin America and then yes. you eventually immigrate over from Venezuela to the U.S. I'd yes. love to hear that as a young child, what that was like for you. You know, it's interesting, and I was telling you backstage that I've been I've been working deeper on my relationship. I have two sisters. I'm the middle child, and I absolutely live my middle child syndrome life. Yeah. <laughs> All of it, child. 100%. And it's, a, it, you know, we traveled by car, and there was no, first of all, we didn't have a lot of means. We were very slightly funded by a local church and a lot of things were donated. So we didn't have a lot of toys. We didn't have definitely all the all the great things that our kids have today to travel by car. And so we used a lot of imagination hours on end on the road and we were very without meaning to, we were very in tune with the environment. And so that really forced a a great space of intuition and and mindfulness. We didn't mean it that way, but we had to be because there was, you know, it was, we woke up and it was a new town or a new place. We had to eat whatever they were giving us. So it was, it, it really created a core set of values for us as a family unit and then in me to really love people mm. and just, and just contain people. There was, you know, we sometimes some, a house, uh, you know, of rich people would take us in and we would eat a great meal. Sometimes we literally 
you know, we were in somebody's little shack and we slept on the floor. So there was this really great, rich space of the entirety of the human experience and the human life. And in all of it, at the center is the human the human people, right? It's us. And so uh, we we were very lucky to experience that really early in life. And that when, you know, the missions eventually invited my parents to come to the States. So we came in, the, in I think it was 92, prior to 9-11, that we actually came in as legal immigrants. We still didn't speak English. We had no friends. We had no money. And so we did live a, a hard immigrant life when we first came in. But with that centered approach of human kindness and human life experience, you know, my mom, she also is a very, a very great hero in this space of giving back to people. So we immediately we were already creating a space to give back to other immigrants, for example, that had nothing. That was always been the theme. And so it really positioned me per- personally. I'm grateful for that to really not base my core values on societal successes, but really the, the life and the human experience. Your whole mission of telling stories with empathy, passion, and purpose, I mean, it seems like there's the origin story yeah. of it right there. <laughs> much. You've been able to tell the stories of many different people's lives since you were a young child mm-hmm. and take it in and observe, which I think would make you a very good traveler, just coming from your own experience. Where has this I know you travel a lot for work, and we'll get into that a little bit later. (laughs) But is that where the origin of your passion for traveling started, is just being on the road with your family? Yes, yes. My mom had gotten us a permission at school, some permit, that we would just do a four-day school thing. And so we would just go Monday through Thursday. So every every Wednesday night, we were already on the road to Mm. be somewhere already by the morning of Thursday, uh, coming back on Sunday, sometimes even just the whole week if, you know, if we were traveling far because it was car (laughs) and so many hours on the road. And I, I learned, I loved, I loved everything about it. I loved watching the sunrise in another place of the world. I loved eating somebody else's food. There's so, so much that you experience in just sitting with someone from, a, 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 a different life, a different ex- uh, culture. And we were, you know, we were really, our heart was very open to that. And today, when I travel, I travel with that intention. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I do travel for business, but I make I make this space every single time to connect at the human level and it's so enriching. When you moved from Caracas mm-hmm. to the U.S., where mm-hmm. in the U.S. did you move to? Miami. Okay. We were actually in Hialeah the first year. And then eventually, a year later, we came to Fort Lauderdale. It was a big move in our minds because in Miami, at least, we had a Latin community. Exactly. Back then, I'm talking, you know, 30 years ago, Fort Lauderdale, which is where we reside now, was there was not a lot, a lot of Hispanics here mm-hmm. at all. I mean, you t- the, 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 there's a city here called Plantation. It's actually there were plantations. <laughs> you yeah, it was like that's what it was. So there was a lot of green, green spaces, a lot of farms, and so in our minds it was like, wow, this is what America really looks like. <laughs> you know, Miami is not what America looks like. I'm like, this is real America. So we were. We felt very isolated for a while. Mm. And it was a new lifestyle because we weren't traveling as much for a little while. I would say for my teenage years. So I got here when I was 12. So all the way through 20, it was kind of like living the American dream life. And I I wasn't sure I liked it, actually. Yeah, I was going to ask that. So in terms of, obviously, cultural differences, Miami Miami to Caracas might be 
a little similar a little just based on having that Latin community mm-hmm. there. But when you then when you moved to Fort Lauderdale, yeah. what were the like stark contrasts for you? Loneliness. You know, we didn't have culture. We didn't have community. Mm. And one of the things that you find, especially in Latin America, is you grow up with a community. And so you have friends that you've always gone to school with. You have, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's neighborhood and people help each other. Mothers take care of other kids and they're not charging you, right? They're like, hey, leave the kid in my house. I'll, like, I'll take care of them. And they actually mother over the other kids, you know, in the neighborhood. And so that was lost immediately. And we, we felt that sense of and there was no community. There were no friends. We didn't speak the language. So it was just us. And it was it was hard. It was hard. I also, uh, oddly enough, I don't know why I'm saying this, but I didn't understand the just the history of racism here in America. Mm. In Venezuela, we're all Venezuelan. And we have blacks and we have everybody. And we're all just Venezuelans. So I was very shocked to find that stark Contrast, contrast when I started to go to school and you know I was also a victim of that and I was just like wow this is this is new I, I we weren't prepared we were not equipped to deal with something like that it's all on you as an immediate family yes. as opposed to having such an extended family around you yeah my dad has nine sisters wow <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and they all have kids so we have oh I have gosh. like I don't know 30 something cousins and we were close me but mm. that's that's who we hung out with on my dad's side and then my mom has one sister and then she has a couple of older half brothers and sisters she didn't grow up with them but you know there was there was people always around there was people always in our house and our house was an open door so that you know when that went away it was it was hard for all of us as a family mm. I yeah I can I can't imagine having been uprooted like that at such yeah. a fragile age mm. of 12 oh, such God. a fragile age don't do this don't try this at home <laughs> thrown into you know the U.S. school system and all the other things yeah. in your book brand storytelling you talk mm. about your mom being such an epic storyteller yes. she was just a master of storytelling really and was. how I'm sure on your long road trips that that was something that was woven in to, you know, your life and and woven into who you are as a person. And in your book, you t- you're specifically talking to brands and how they can build their own brand storytelling. Mm-hmm. And what you say in the book is, to really drive home the point of why storytelling is so important, you mentioned that research confirms stories can be up to 22 times more memorable than other types of information. That's right. And that's not just important for marketing or communications, but also just important when you're talking to your kids, when you're talking to other adults, when you're talking to relationships and friendships. Absolutely. And that the brain produces dopamine, cortisol, endorphins, oxytocin, and really building that like physical tension in the body of the cortisol versus the the oxytocin and that's how you're able to like hook your audience. Yes. And if you can think of your audience as not just, you know, your your target audience for your mm-hmm. brand if you're a marketer or communicator, which is something we will get into in a little bit, but also like your mom trying yes. to keep the kids enticed and keep the kids following a certain moral compass that's through correct. story. Yes. And I yes. really loved you talking about that yeah. because I think, you know, it's important for people to remember to just how it important these stories thread within our life. And this is why this whole podcast, why so many other podcasts are created is to just be able to tell stories. That's right. And especially in the in the realm of traveling. Yes. You know, that's like the whole thing. You meet another friend in a hotel or a hostel and you're swapping stories and you become friends or you get to experience a story that you'll tell later mm-hmm. together. Mm-hmm. And I just think it's it's, reading this book has been really eye-opening for me. One, I have my own brand that yes. I think about. I also worked in marketing for 10 years prior, so That's you're right. speaking a lot of my own language. Yes. But I love that you talk about, and we can talk a little bit about this, but that brands need to be meaningful now. Mm-hmm. And I think especially as travelers, a lot of us are conscious of our eco-impacts that we, especially as we're traveling on you know, flights now and just the, the general 
ecological impact that we have. Yeah. You talk about brands needing to be meaningful specifically because of generations like the millennials, yes. Gen Z, Alpha. I think there's another T. one in there. Yeah. Gen T is the next one. Yeah. <laughs> there's so many. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. About, you know, even if it's like a small scale brand owner listening right mm-hmm. now or mm-hmm. or if you're a consumer who is trying to be more conscious of the brands mm-hmm. that you work with. Like, what does that mean for brands to be more meaningful? Yeah, you know, I'll actually take the travel idea uh, here because we all, you know, I love to travel and I do travel for business and for pleasure, both. I, you know, I take a lot of workations. <laughs> and so I mix both. And, uh, you know, sometimes we miss the opportunity to find stories. But if we intended, if we get on that plane or get on that bus and get in the car, and we're like, I'm, today I'm going to go find a story that is the meaning of the day. And I have done this, I mean, I've been to over 40 countries already. I plan on doing more. Um, and every time the stories I find, they're not bombastic. You know, they're not like I was, you know, I was in first class and what, no, it wasn't that. It was, it was, I entered a mosque and I was able to pray uh, when I wasn't, I didn't know I was supposed to break because women are not supposed to enter a mosque. Like they really happened in Morocco. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so, you know, those are just, these are allegories that, you know, that build the human experience and it weaves us together, right? It's the exchange of culture. It's the exchange of moments. I remember I was in Israel, for example, and we were in Jerusalem and there's a, there's an Arab quarter. So they have the, 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 the city itself, it's a one square mile. And so they have different quarters. And so we went to the Arab quarter and there was a market and I didn't have a head cover. I lost it. I think I lost mine. So I was like, I go, I got to go buy a head cover. So I went into this little shop, mom and pop shop and in a little hole in the wall and they had these beautiful head covers and I picked one, could not speak the language. I had a, I had a, I had a tour guide, but he was, he was Jewish. He spoke Hebrew. He didn't speak Arab. And so he couldn't translate for me. So I went in by myself and the woman came out and I picked mine and I was trying to put it on and she saw me struggling. She was like, she just literally does not know how to do this. So, and, and she came up to me and just with her hands, you know, just grabbed me, grabbed my hands and taught me, right? And I will never forget that moment. She just looked in my eyes and she, with compassion and with love, she just taught me how to put this on, how to wrap my, this this head wrap. And I'll never forget that. And so that that is the opportunity that people and brands have to be meaningful. Uh, I talk about moments where if a brand talks about being inclusive, how are you meaning to be inclusive? What moments are you finding in your day-to-day, whether you're a small brand and there's an exchange of an email and you you were inclusive in that in some sort, or you were not, and now you have a learning lesson, yeah? So there's so many different day-to-day moments that the universe kind of sprinkles towards us with the opportunity that we go, okay, can I... Can I have a human exchange experience here that will align to the core values of myself, of my brand? Yeah. I, oh, my God. I My brain's like on fire <laughs> right now. I love that so much. This episode is brought to you by Child & Company. Child & Company is South Florida's first family-friendly office space featuring private offices, a professional content creation studio, and childcare for hybrid work and work-from-home parents located in Boca Raton. Child & Company is founded on the belief that you shouldn't have to choose between raising a family and being career-driven. Their core mission is to create an environment where family and work can exist in harmony. The best part to me as a mom is that you can pop in and breastfeed your baby 
or have lunch with your toddler if you like, and then pop back into your office for your Zoom meeting, which I think is so key, especially for newborn moms going back to work. It's the perfect transition from emerging out of the newborn bubble and getting back to the business you love. Child & Company provides you the flexibility to work in a beautifully designed, ergonomic private office with insanely good Wi-Fi connection and soundproofing while just being steps away from your child. They have monthly themes that they base their lessons on, like exploring the animals of the Amazon, which I obviously love when children get opportunities to learn more about the world and build a sense of curiosity. Child & Company offers weekly and monthly classes and events, like some beanie, music class for babies, mindful cooking for toddlers, big kid yoga, and mindful mama community events, and so much more. I've been a member since February 2023, utilizing their private offices and their professional content creation studio. Child & Company is where all of the magic happens for this podcast. Their beautiful recording studio is soundproofed with state-of-the-art equipment, microphones, lighting, and cameras. So you can record your podcast, course content, meditation clips, and anything else you might want to record for your business. The Child & Company team truly feels like family. They are an extension of my team over here at Rising Nature Retreats and the Transform with Travel podcast, as well as an extension of my own family. If you're local to Palm Beach and Broward County, do yourself a favor and check out Child & Company. Visit www.childandcompany.com or head over to Instagram at Child & Company. I love this concept of finding the story within the day. We talk a lot about how to, you know, set an intention for your day, set an intention for your trip. But that really rewrites that a lot. It does. How to find the story. Mm -hmm. And it really opens you up to noticing all the small little moments in your day that you you it could be a whole story within itself, you know, just a simple touch on the shoulder by somebody and and like you said, that human interaction, I you know, that eye gaze or the compassionate look. You're making me think of all these moments in India where I was like, man, I wish I just like wrote down all of these and the details and the smells. And I love that. And also when you're talking about, like you said, let's say your brand mission is to be inclusive Mm. and not just your own brand as a business, but what about your own personal brand? What are your personal core values and how can I make sure that I'm living up to those in a day to day? I know in your book, you talk about for a brand, it's not just enough to say that we want to show our humanity you have to be human you can't just like talk about it you have to show it and really be that human aspect of the business Mm -hmm. or show the humans of your business which i think is really cool what are some what are some travel brands that are really doing this well really showing and living and aligning to their brand story yeah you know i i lived in seattle for uh, three years but i always went out to seattle because i work from i've been in microsoft for 11 years now so you know you get to travel to the headquarters a lot in alaska airlines um, I love I love Alaska as a, as a name. I'm, this is not an ad. <laughs> you know, they, don't, they didn't pay me to say this. I really do love the brand, and and I love it because they do intend to give you uh, not just a experience that you deserve because you paid for it, but they they do always try to go a little bit further, right? Whatever that means. And so each time I get on a plane with Alaska, there's always something that I'm like, wow, they just they there's a little extra that they a little extra of the experience and. I did talk, uh, talk about it in the book. There was this one time when I was headed. It was such an early flight. It was like 5 in the morning coming out of Seattle into Texas. I think I was going to Texas. And, um, you know, 
the, the sun sunrise was happening. It was not yet. It had not, you know, the sun had not just yet came up. But at some point, I was on, I always get the window. And so the the AP comes on, the the pilot goes on, and he's like, hey, everyone, I'm sorry to wake you up if you're sleeping. But if, you, if you're on the left side of the plane, you might want to put your window up, you know, to, to see Mount Rainier. And so of course, we, Mount Rainier is just such a, an incredible sight to see. A lot of times we know it's there, but it's hidden by all the rain, so we yeah. don't get to see it. We get to see it a lot in the summer, which is beautiful. And so, but to see it from a, you know, from a, an airplane perspective, right, from that kind of sky view, I had never seen that. And so when I opened the window and I saw this incredible, I mean, it's just one of the most beautiful sights I've ever seen. I, I would have actually paid more to just take that route and see that. Like, I, I, that should be an eco-tour kind of thing. And I was like, wow, this is amazing. And then I thought, I was like, wow, you know, this brand really stands for the environment. They love the environment. They talk about that a lot. And and the pilot was taking this, you know, we were all sleeping or the, the windows were shut. But he he shared that he wanted to share that with us. You know, he didn't take it all on his own and be like, wow, look at this. And I want, he shared it. And so now it was a shared experience. And I was like, wow, how incredible. Everybody obviously took pictures. When I landed, I clearly posted all about it. And with a proud, you know, hashtag that they use, I fly Alaska, because they they lived to the experience. It was something mm-hmm. they didn't have to do, but they did. And that was, they found the story, right? And now the story was shared. And so now I have that story and that's mine. And so I, I, I beyond finding the stories, what, sh- what stories can you share with your customers that that leave that you know that connected experience uh, that they won't forget twenty two times more mem- memorable uh, any than any piece of information any ad any TikTok right twenty two times to influence even bigger and better through a shared experience that's that's incredible the idea that the like you said the pilot went out of his way yeah. and this is something that you're continuing to share yeah. over and over again and you're going to remember every single detail of that flight or at least those first thirty minutes yes. or whatever it was more than all the thousands of flights that you've taken over your life. That makes me think of, we were traveling through Greece with my family and, you know, traveling in the U S with a family is not easy anymore. They don't allow (laughs) families to board four first. There's no priority seating. You know, it's, it's really difficult as a family Mm -hmm. in the U S and we got to Greece and Aegean air. And now Mm -hmm. I should look up what their mission is now that I'm thinking about Ah. it, but Aegean air is all about like, ease of traveling through Greece mm-hmm. that they're they're your one-stop shop and we get there mm-hmm. and there's a family check-in line specific oh, for families that is so nice. there's a family security line specific I for families love that. and then they gave us a little a little kid like goodie bag basically when we got on the flight it was like a 20 minute flight amazing and I was like wow I will be an AG and air and you know a- advocate for the rest of Forever. my life because Forever. of that experience of just going the extra step of aligning to what their core values were yeah. you t- you talk a lot in the book about Universal truths. Yes. And when you're aligning your story, your values, whatever that is, as a brand or as a consumer, as a traveler, that we want to align to how we want to make other people feel. And this makes me think, how do I want me personally to make other people feel? And I love this idea of what a universal truth is. And I'll I'll let you share from your perspective as well. But in the book, you say that it's a process called finding the universal truth. Mm-hmm. It's a truth we can all connect with, regardless of background, age, gender, religious, or political affiliation. In other words, a universal truth is an inclusive feeling that makes a story individually relatable to every person in your audience. Mm-hmm. And these things could be things like happiness yes. or belonging yes. or connectedness, community, whatever whatever those feelings are, universally things that people are all searching for and seeking. Yes. 
And I think is that's what makes traveling so compelling. I agree. I remember we were sitting our first night in India. We were in New Delhi. And we're at an Airbnb, like a apartment complex. And this woman in her 50s from New Jersey comes out. And a man probably in his 30 or 40s from Transylvania comes out. Wow. And they go, we're going to go to an Italian restaurant in New Delhi. Do you want to come with us? Oh, my gosh. Okay. Let's go. And we're sitting around the table, (laughs) me and Sam in our 20s from Australia and from Florida. This woman in her 50s, actually probably closer to 60s from New Jersey. And this man from his 30s or 40s from Transylvania having a conversation at a four-top table at an Italian restaurant in New Delhi. Amazing. And had the most incredible conversation. It makes you realize it doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter what your background is, what you believe in, if you believe in God, if you believe Mm -hmm. in Allah, if you don't believe in anything. Mm -hmm. There's these universal truths that are keeping us all connected. And that's what you're saying is so powerful for brands to tap into. I am. I'm saying that. And I am. I I hope and I'm encouraging brands to think about this in the way that I will tell every brand, including a personal brand, right? Look at your mission and read your mission statement. I hope you have one. (laughs) So start there if you don't create one. But look at your mission statement. Is there a feeling word there? I'll give the example of Microsoft. When, you know, when Microsoft started, our mission, our you know, our, our mandate was to put a PC on every desk and every home. And yeah, I mean, it changed the world and, and it was it did what it was supposed to do. But, you know, seven, seven-ish years ago when Satya Nadella came on as CEO, he looked at that statement. He looked at that mandate and he's like, you know, we have an opportunity here to do something bigger, to be something bigger. And he set out to rewrite our mission, and it became to empower every person and organization on the planet to achieve more. That word empower, you and I feel Mm. and know what it feels like to be empowered, no matter where you come from or not. And that's the feel. That's the universal truth. If I wake up every day and I I get paid to empower, that's my job, right? How I do it is different, but my job and everybody else's job at Microsoft is to empower. How does that translate to your brand? What is the word that makes people feel something, that people align that connection? And that's really branding is the association of that feeling, you know, Disney, to be happy. So the different different brands really aligning to the feeling, not just necessarily an entire mandate that you may not even remember. And so even traveling, you you know, uh, there are I, Airbnb, you, you asked about brands and I gave yeah. an example of Alaska. Airbnb being a travel company during, you know, I, I, I study brands throughout you know, to, to inform myself and have insights. And clearly I was studying travel brands during COVID, right, to see how they were reacting to this entire pandemic tragedy. And so they went out and used their website and digital tools to travel together while we were isolating. And so they were investing. They were not profiting of, but they were investing in people being alone and having a desire to travel because we were all in lockdown and creating moments digitally that we could just join, you know, going to Italy somewhere, going going somewhere in the world. And and now this turned into a multi-million dollar community that they mm. have been able to monetize three years later. They didn't intend it. What they intended was to live up to the brand. And of course, it you know, it, they were able to monetize it. So there's always, I say the universe rewards that because it the intention is a good one to to really create that universal truth that we can all connect to. Yeah. And I think it's important to remember that brands and products and services exist to make money, right? Yeah, right. So it's okay that they it's made okay. money off of it because yes. they also provided such an a universal truth to everyone. They provided a way that people were seeking a certain universal truth, they which did. during the pandemic was belonging. That's right. They were able to provide that. And like you said, the universe 
rewarded rewards. that. Absolutely. And that's great. And it I is. think that's exactly what I'm finding, at least as a consumer and also as a brand, that we're moving away from this like one-to-one, I have a product mm-hmm. and then it makes profit. I have a product mm-hmm. and it makes profit. And it's really yeah. moving into this people first, product second, yes. profit, you know? And it's like making sure that the people are at the forefront. Yeah. We talked about these universal truths and how all these people from different backgrounds and different religions and different areas of the world mm-hmm. have come come together and find these universal truths, which yeah. I think we find on retreats really well. Oh, gosh. And Miri was a guest <laughs> and a workshop leader on our Greece retreat. I'd love to hear your experience of being in Greece, traveling on your yeah. own, yeah. coming to the retreat, yeah. leading the workshop. Yeah, and you I, ended up I was coming scared. Back. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm coming back. Yeah. yeah, you know, it was interesting because I, uh, on the professional side, I do a lot of workshops and my, my main audience is tech. And so it's interesting because I get to, exp- you know, I've learned my audience. I love my audience and, and I, 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 I've created language for my audience clearly. So when I was invited, invite, thank you for that invitation. I was excited and I was like, well, I can definitely delivered this to the audience. However, this is an evolved audience. You know, they're very much on their path and their way to awakening and they're self-aware, not to say that the tech audience is not, but they're more worried about the tech, right? And so I just, I really took a long time to how to approach this in a way that felt connected and felt true to the audience. And I think that's the empathy that I talk about. Mm. We can, you know, trends exist for a reason. They're they're trends, they're going to pass. But The empathy that we have to have is always how to apply our methodologies and our content and our strategies to specific audiences. And so I knew that even though the method had worked before, I had to tailor it. And I spent a lot of time, I'm not going to lie, uh, just kind of thinking about this community that is that you have built, by the way, just beautiful community, a really caring community. And it's, it's it's a hybrid local and a digital. But people, you know, we're still connected on a chat still. And people are like, I miss you. I miss you back and happy birthday. So it is true, truly a community. We're not just, you know, going to a nice place and then dis- disengaging. And so I knew that about the community you have built and I wanted to serve that community. Um, so I took time to really understand how I could best do this. And I, for me, it was a pleasure to work through storytelling and using storytelling methods in a way that was raw and I, that I had applied to myself in my own space. And so I had done a couple self-mastery jo- works that I had been working for me and for my, my friends. And, you know, we took storytelling prompts to enable that conversation. These were things, as you know, of actually creating moments of thinking back to when, you know, you, there's a child on the table or, there, or, or there's an, 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 an inanimate object that you're going to talk to. These were prompts that, prompts that I had used in different ways to create a moment where people could just pause and tell themselves, tell themselves a story. Sometimes we are good at telling stories, but not telling ourselves stories. We get scared mm. because we have to open up and really dig deep and, and we can't lie to ourselves, right? We, we can lie to people, we can't lie to ourselves. And so in the telling of stories, it's good to really open up a space for nonfiction where we can create and talk to ourselves, put that mirror and really begin that healing where it needs to happen. And so I think it was, I think it was a gr- thank you for the opportunity for me to really work on that. And w- I'm elevating that even more. I, I told you backstage, I think that was the catalyst for me to actually create this new methodology that I'm working on. I'm calling relationship mapping. It starts with the relationship with yourself, right? And and I've done this because I do personal branding. So I always talk about learn yourself, like yourself, love yourself. Conceptually sounds great, but really activating that, it's it's a lot of work. Yeah. Yeah. I, I And I can attest to 
the power of the workshop, the simplicity of the workshop, mm-hmm. which is really where the power lies. And yeah. I mean, we had grown men in tears. I know. I know. <laughs> we had a lot of tissues being passed around. And it wasn't in this like everyone's sobbing and sad. Mm-hmm. It was just these revelations of how the simplicity of these journal prompts, of yeah. these story prompts that you gave us through the experience that you've had over 15 plus years of working in storytelling how it can be so universally applied from big global corporate brands all the way down to your own personal mission, your own personal story. And it was for everyone listening, it was on the last day of our Greece retreat. And it was just the beautiful culmination for everyone to tie in everything that they've observed about Greek culture, everything they've observed about themselves, all the different experiences that they were bringing into this retreat and the way that they were able to kind of either let go of some things that they could let go of or be able to empower themselves to be able to integrate what they've learned yes. into the next step of coming home. Yes. And so you were able to spend a couple more weeks in Greece I after the retreat. I went back to the same place. Uh, exactly. You were amazing in choosing this place. First of all, it was my first time in Greece. I had never gone to Greece. And even though I've traveled so much, I just I had never passed in Greece. And so I was so happy and I loved it so much. I ended up extending my trip two more weeks. Uh, And my husband came, my son, my youngest son came, and we went back to Seraphos, which is the place where we had to reach. We stayed in the same resort. We will be back next week, next year with you guys. Um, You know, you, you were very intentional, and it was very palpable that the space and the place and the people that infused that experience. You know, it was an, a, a, hun- a 360 experience. Even, I'll, I'll share the snippet because I'm, you know, I somehow I decided not to drink in Greece and it wasn't, it was intuitively, I was absolutely planning to drink. You know, I was like, it's Greece, Greek wine. Yeah. So I was mentally ready. And then when I landed, I was like, you know, something's telling me not to. I don't know why. I think it was my own body. I was preparing for a surgery after. So maybe my body was telling me to pause. So I listened to myself. And we had, a, as you know, we had a, a great bar, a bartender. Every time we woke up, he had coffee and, and, and drinks and all of that. So he offered me a drink, and I and his name is Sergio. And I, and I was like, no, thank you. I'm not drinking in this trip. And he goes, oh, you're not drinking. And I'm like, no. He's like, well, would you like a tonic? And I was like, a tonic? And then he goes on to tell me how he is a mixologist, and he's actually mixing things for health tonics. So every morning since, he made me a tonic. And like twice a day, he would make me a drink. And it was a very specific, like, this is for detoxing this. This is for your skin. I mean, I came out of that trip glowing. You know, that <laughs> I was just like, uh, you, everybody everybody needs to, to do this. And so it was a full body, spirit and soul experience from every angle. So well done to you and Aww. Chloe. You guys were amazing. Well, everyone listening, we're going back to Seraphos next year in 2024. Are you inviting me? Yeah, I mean, this is your official invitation. (laughs) (laughs) And for those who are really interested in doing working one-on-one and in a group setting with Miri, we're definitely working on something really exciting in 2024 at one of our retreats. So stay tuned for that. This episode is sponsored by Rising Nature Retreats. Are you feeling called to explore the world, tick off your bucket list, and make lifelong friends along the way? Are you overwhelmed from planning the logistics of your trips or sick of feeling like you need a vacation from your vacation when you return home? Rising Nature Retreats offers world-class travel experiences infused with daily yoga and wellness, personal development workshops, unique adventure and cultural excursions, and holistic local cuisines. Experience the world as you elevate your wellness. Return home feeling rejuvenated and empowered to bring what you learn about other cultures and about yourself back home with you. This is the adventure you've been waiting for. 
Join us in 2024 to explore Thailand, Portugal, or Greece. Visit risingnatureretreats.com or at Rising Nature Retreats on Instagram and Facebook for all the brochures and information on upcoming international retreats and local classes and events in South Florida. So you mentioned that you travel a lot for work. I do. And when we were trying to find a time that would suit our schedules, you're like, okay, here's my travel schedule. (laughs) On this day, I'm going to be in Sweden. The next day, I'm going to be in Norway. And this day, I'm going to be in Seattle. And that's just your life right now. Yeah. And I would love uh, for those listening. Yeah. Miri is also the owner mm-hmm. of Be Mindful, Be Happy. Yes. And I'd love for you to share a little bit about, you know, that brand, yeah. what you sell, those products, yeah. the the community that you've built there. And then also I'd love to hear, based on this journey that you've been mm-hmm. on of mm-hmm. awareness and, and elevating your consciousness and elevating mm-hmm. health and mindfulness, yeah. how do you stay mindful mm-hmm. and keep and elevate your health when you're traveling yeah. so much for work? Yeah, you know, mindfulness is a, is a lifestyle, so it doesn't matter where you are physically. I didn't know that's what it was. I just, I, I started intuitively, and I think intuition, I know intuition is what guides us all. It's that North Star uh, within us. If we if we pause and we take the time to listen to ourselves, we, we get the answers. And so when I started traveling for work, specifically for Microsoft, I was, I'm a mom. I have two kids. I'm a very involved mom, uh, and I was very worried about, in fact, I think the first year I said no a lot. I was like, I'm not going to travel. My kids are young. And then I was like, how do I integrate this life? We did not have this digital ability to remote work remotely. Everybody was in the office. And it started with me making some concessions with my my manager and saying, listen, if I'm going to travel somewhere, can I, you know, can I stay another day, bring my kids and have them enjoy a weekend or my husband? And then it became this entire system <laughs> that today I have where, where I, I, as you saw my schedule, I actually schedule six months in advance. So I know where I'm going to be six months in advance. And then I send that schedule out to my community. First, my family and my family members. So my immediate family, my boys, my husband, they can join me wherever they want. They get first dibs, right? And then my my best friends, so a group of my friends, I'm like, hey, I'll be here in these fun countries and these fun places. I do have to say I'm spoiled. I pick and choose where I'm going to be. So yeah. I'm not going to like, you know, I don't know, the middle of Tennessee somewhere. I'm like going to Paris, right? So, yeah. so people want to travel with me. And so I, t- I tell them, yeah, I'm going to be here and come if you come join me. We'll be working from this location, and then we get to spend two more days. And so it's a one-on-one approach. So people, I get, I'm never, I'm never alone, and I am spending, I'm creating memories with people that are special in my life. If my friends can't for some reason, then I actually extend the offer to my men- mentees. These I, me- I mentor about 15 women at a time every six-month cycle, and so I invite one of all of them, whoever can make it to these locations. So I've had mentees join me as well. So it's a very enriching experience, and the mindfulness approach is that, is I am being mindful about my time and my energy. Mm-hmm. That's very important to me as a mother and in all the places that I serve as a woman, as a worker, as a friend, as a mentor. And so I'm mindful to create moments with the time that I am given to make those enriching experiences, and especially if it's a fun place, right? So so it has worked really great. And it's funny because, you know, now it's a thing. Like over the years, I've kind of, you know, modified it to a place where it's just, it's so much fun. And I look forward to the next six months and saying, hey, I'm going to be here. Who's coming? And, you know, people are lined up. They're like, oh, I, you know, there's like, it's a whole thing. Like, pick <laughs> me. Yeah, pick yeah, yeah. <laughs> now I have to do like drawing of hats. Like they, somebody picked Columbia. I'm like, three people picked Columbia. I have to wait. wait. <laughs> so it's, it's been fun. It's been fun. So mindfulness is, 
you know, to me, you talk about my brand, Be Mindful, Be Happy. That was actually, I bought it. I didn't find, I found it. It was somebody in the UK who I connected with. And it was, that's a whole other thing. I had a dream about it. And then she was already working to sell it to someone else. And I called her the week that she was going to contract and never met her. And I was like, listen, I had a dream. And then I saw the brand and I, my symbol, my life symbol has always been the sun. And she had the sun. My company, my umbrella company, LLC, is called Mindful Leadership. And so mm. she was Be Mindful, Be Happy. And it was just like this all aligns. And so I called her and she's like, I heard your message. And I'm. she's like, I was scheduled to actually sell this to somebody else. And I wasn't feeling it. And wow. so I know. So I acquired it in 2020 and I brought it to the U.S. And what it is, is mindfulness as a service. So yes, I have products uh, and they're all green, by the way, ethical, green, all the things. I make no margin on that, by the way, because it's not about that. But it is an intention to me. Be mindful, be happy is this idea about having a mindful life, a mindful you know, space, like mindful life, mindful business, and a mindful you. Mm -hmm. So we are elevating it more and more. I will in 2024, and I know we've been talking about this, integrate more partnerships and spend more time on it. I've been in the last two and a half years dealing with medical processes. So I had to all in its time and all in the universe time. So I wasn't rushing anything. I just kind of bought it and maintained it, but I'm definitely going full force in 2024 and I'm excited for what's coming. Yeah, I, and I really love the idea of when you're talking about the mindfulness aspect is being mindful of your time. Because, you know, yes. you could do all the tips. You could take all the supplements and sure. drink all the water and do all the walking during your flight, which mm -hmm. is important. Mm -hmm. Like there's all these tips that you yeah. can do to stay mindful and stay yes. healthy. But, but if you're go, 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 and your you're cortisol and your adrenaline's getting spiked, like... None of the green juices in the world are going to help you there. So, so you have true. to be mindful of how you do that. And I think what's really cool to hear is you're working for a massive, massive tech company. Mm -hmm. And they're saying, we need you to fly here, here, and here. Yeah. And you're saying, hold up. Yeah. Yes, and. Correct. How can I get creative with this? And That's it seems right. like your mind is always looking for creative solutions to mm -hmm. suit the needs of yourself and your family, and then also what's going to benefit the brand as well with Microsoft. Yeah. So that's really cool to hear as a woman because I'm yes. sure being a woman in tech, being oh. a Latino woman in tech <laughs> is not the easiest has path not been to have the followed. Easiest, have, has not. It's been, but, you know, it's interesting now and for me personally to look back at my trajectory as a woman in tech. We So just to give it a statistic, now I do know this statistic, we represent less than 2% women in tech. So less than 2% as a gender. Then you add intersectionality to that. You add Latino, you add immigrant, you add mother. It's less than 1%, mm. right? So I'm less than 1% in this entire industry. And it's not easy, has not been easy. I always tell my mentor, my mentees that we're the digital Rosa Parks, you know, the, the Rosa Parks of the digital age and we're on that bus you know we're sitting there we're paving the way for the next generation and that's also what it's about like mindfulness is about it's about legacy mm -hmm. you said something about you know how brands do you know it's no longer about the product the one product and the one sale that's transactional i would like to call you know mindful business transgenerate transgenerational mm -hmm. right we're not just transacting one-to-one -one and leaving it there and then it dies we, we have an opportunity to open up a space where we leave generation after gener generation the legacy that our brand stands for, whether it's personal or business. Yeah, absolutely. And you do talk about in the book how it's super important for brands to decide where they're going to stand on mm -hmm. certain issues and whether they make that vocal or not, but at least for the internal stakeholders internal as stakeholders. well. Like it's no longer okay for brands to just turn a blind eye to things. Mm -hmm. If it makes sense for your brand and if it's something that makes sense for your audience. Right. 
we need to be aware and, and consumers are looking for brands who are willing to stand up for the things that they that they love or that they're passionate about. Mm-hmm. With Be Mindful, Be Happy, yeah. that's a brand, yes. right? Let's talk a little <laughs> bit about like the brand yeah. story. I know you said the it's it's a service. It's not just you're selling beautiful meditation mm-hmm. cushions or beautiful meditation eye pillows, which they do. Please go check them out. <laughs> everyone who it comes in there into interaction with them. They love them. Yeah. Beautiful T-shirts, mala beads, all the things like you said are. I owe you yours. I, I have not forgotten. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's okay. But the, they're beautifully handcrafted. They're they they're made ethically. They you are. you are so diligent about where they're coming from, who's mm-hmm. making them, how they're being treated. Yes. Ethically, shipped. ecologically, how they're being shipped. So mm-hmm. ecologically, how they're being shipped. Yes. So that is something that is you talk about in your book yeah. from the packaging to the typography mm-hmm. to the way that the package is being wrapped. Yeah. It is telling your brand story it from is. end to end. So it tell is. us just a little bit yeah. about Be Mindful, Be Happy yeah. and that brand story from the physical product all the way to the ethos. Yeah. Thank you for that question. Actually, nobody's asked that before. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so in 2020, before I thought about buying Be Mindful, Be Happy, I had I was a writer. I love to write. And so in my in my spare time, I'm writing, which is weird because I write for work as well. But and I uh, had it, you know, we were all in lockdown, and my everybody's just you know, FaceTiming each other. We're, we're we're all in our own spaces, and I had this idea of interviewing twelve of my close network of women friends, and I did. And the question I asked them was uh, to tell me a secret they've never told anyone. Ooh, I like that one. Yeah, and I was. Absolutely not prepared for the, what came Yikes. out after that. Yikes. Like, just not prepared. And I really, I, nobody could have prepared me for this. And so they, they did. Wow. Um, and these were, I mean, just, I cannot even begin to tell you. They were actually reliving the moments as they were telling me these stories. And there was laughter. There was crying. There was just, I just could not. I, I sat there and I was like, holy crap. And so I decided I wanted to honor those stories. And I created, I had this idea of creating a storybook that looked like a storybook, but it's actually a lipstick line with 12 shades, each of them aligning to the stories. Oh, yeah. So oh there's, there's one, there's one story of, uh, of this woman who had a very intense and passionate relationship with a modern day queen, like a real queen in today's world. And so the shade was nude and, you know, and so it's like that kind of thing. And I was just so excited about this. However, when I went to activate this idea, I was very disillusioned at the process uh, mm. for cosmetics, mm. even green cosmetics. I went through so many phone calls and so many meetings and not one company truly is ethical or green. And so I desisted of the idea. That was, you know, that pause made me really think, well, if I ever do something that has a product and a service, which is what might be mindful, be happy is both, the products really need to live to the standards of what I am selling, that mindfulness approach. And mindful, so when we say green, that's mindful. We're being mindful to ourselves, to our bodies, to the planet. It's really mindfulness wrapped in the product. And so it's not just here's your yoga equipment. It's here's, you know, there's an intention. In India, where my products come from, you know, making sure the factories are not employing, you know, underage personnel, making sure they're getting paid well. Mm. Having those conversations, I never thought I would have to have to do that. But I, it was really important to me. And so when, when I, when I found Be Mindfully Happy, and I, you know, talk to the manufacturers, talk to the shipping companies and all in the fulfillment companies, I was very pleased to find that she'd done some of that 
groundwork and I was elevating that. For me, the products are just a channel and the services are another channel to inspire mindfulness with people because it is, I, I call it mindfulness as a service. We service each other when we just pause for a moment mm. and think through it's, it's not just doing good to the world, it's doing no harm. And that's a whole other, the whole, a whole other strategy, right? Am I not doing harm to someone else or to the planet? I think that's bigger than just, I, I'm doing good to the planet. Mm -hmm. And so it requires a mindful approach and a different set of activities to ensure that you're not harming yourself, someone else, the planet, our environment, and all the things. And so that's, for me, the story about Me Mindful, Be Happy is I was going through a personal medical as well. Like I was diagnosed as a BRCA mutation gene person, and that basically threw me right after in 2021 into this process of uh, five five different surgeries. I've been through a total hysterectomy, double mastectomy. They did find cancer zero in both breasts, reconstruction. And what I was given, and you mentioned that earlier, I was given the gift of not just life, but sitting in my bed and being, mm. you know, I, I was just being. And I was, it was like a sabbatical of two and a half years where I was able to just sit with my thoughts learn myself, explore my dark side, which I, I went there many times, come out of it, go back to it. And all of that, come, you know, we, you said it so well and so eloquently. Sometimes we're like, hey, let's take the vitamins, let's do the outside work. But mindfulness is, starts with the inside work. And when you pause to go there, you see the world differently and you respond to things differently. And so I hope with my mindful be happy that we can create a space for everyone who comes in touch with our brand to be inspired to do that, to go in. It's scary. I know. I've been there for longer than I wanted to be there. But when you come out of it, the deconstruction that happens, you know, I guess my saying is everything has to be, in order for you to rebuild, everything else has to be destroyed. Mm -hmm. So we have to allow the destroying. And that means relationships, relationships with self, old paradigms, you know, societal rules, religious paradigms that we were born with and you know, all the things and then come out of it on the other end with doing no harm. Absolutely. Thank you so much for sharing that story. Yeah. I think what you mentioned about the deconstruction phase, a lot of people can relate to that. And in yoga and a lot of other religious texts, we they talk about the three main phases of life, which is which are you you weave throughout. It's not just one happens and then the other. Yeah. But there's deconstruction, maintenance and building. Okay. But you can't have any sort of building if you haven't deconstructed. You can't right. build on something. Well, you can build on something existing, but, but it's not going to be pure. Exactly. Or a strong foundation potentially. That's so right. that deconstruction phase is so important. Yeah. And the universal truth of community and belonging is what kind of holds us during I that love phase. That. And so I'm just so grateful for you sharing so much of your life, of your story, of like the wisdom of brand storytelling from a personal level. I think so many people can walk away with. And for me personally, finding the story of the day while I'm traveling is going to be something I I make that my mission. Good. And I think it's such a good journal prompt. A lot of people Fun. like to bring a journal with I them know. while they travel. Yeah. And that's such a good way of just like noting down a little yeah. bit of, you don't have to write down every cafe you went to. You just write down like, what was the story of the story day? Story of the day. And I think that's such a powerful tool for people to take with them. Okay. I like to finish these episodes with like rapid fire questions okay, that I haven't go. shared with you yet. So we'll see <laughs> oh, what happens. No. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> 
Number one, if you could only go back to one country mm. or one place in the world yeah. for the rest of your life, just one, okay. where would it be and why? Morocco. It would be Morocco because I really tuned into their culture. I love that it's, well, first of all, the food is incredible. It's this mix, which I didn't know, of Arab and French. Like, you get the best of both. And it's like, wow, it's like your your palate goes crazy. And for me, it was such a foreign place to be. I, I was brought up Pentecostal Christian. That's actually when I had that experience of going into a mosque. And so it was a, such a culture shock, but it, it was a beautiful shock. It was almost like, here's a brand new world, and everyone tuned into me being the foreigner and not having, you know, I wanted to go in with all the tools of awareness. I clearly did not. But they were, everybody was so kind. And the the spaces, you know, the, the food, they take time to serve. They take time to for tea. There's a lot of mindfulness in that in that country. And I love that it was, it's also part of Africa. Africa has a special, special place in my heart. So it's almost like you get the Mediterranean and the, and the Middle East in Africa, which is a beautiful, beautiful combination. I would love. I would live there. Absolutely, I would live in Ephraim, the city. Wow. It's in the mountains. Yeah, it's beautiful. So I've never been to Morocco, but we keep getting from people that want to do retreats. Okay, in Morocco. so, so you maybe need, you gotta come with this. us. So you can be our you can be our travel Let's guide. Let's go. <laughs> we don't go places unless we've been there before. Oh well, I've been. So and you, you, can, will, you okay, would love it. Everyone, stay tuned uh, for that go. one. <laughs> be mindful. Be happy. And Rising Nature Retreats collab there. That's out. Let's All right. Go. Question number two yeah. is: What's number one on your bucket list right now? Yeah. So I mentioned I'm from Venezuela. I have never been to Canaima. Canaima is the one of the seven wonders, natural wonders of the world. It is the Angel Falls. If you're familiar with the movie Up, Disney's movie Up, it's actually that's where it takes. They call it Paradise Falls, but it's a real place, and it's the the, the longest, the biggest waterfall in the world. Oh wow! It's nestled in the Amazon and the rivers of the Amazon, and so there, you know, I had never. Well, we never had the means, but now that I do, and after my medical processes, I did promise myself that if I came through this alive and well and, you know, really good, I would go back to my country. I haven't been in many years specifically to visit this place. What they do there is you fly right into the main city and then you're greeted by locals, local tribes, Yanomami tribes. I'm actually 30-something, like almost 40% indigenous Venezuelan. And so I would be connecting with them. They bring you in. They have a tour guide. And you walk. There's a, a trek of eight days into through the jungle, you're eating whatever they're feeding you, you're living with them, and then you end at the falls, uh, and then they pick you up by helicopter. So it's a really immersive experience, and so that is on my bucket list next. Amazing. Yeah. I've never heard of that, so there we go. There That's we on go. my bucket list now, too. <laughs> Number three yeah. is, what's the biggest life lesson you've learned while traveling? Oh, what a great... <laughs> you got me. There's so many <laughs> life lessons. I think it is finding stories. And, you know, full circle, when we endeavor to find stories, we are on the look. Our brain is almost like a to go, what am I missing? What am I missing? Where's the story? Where's the story? And then you find so many things that you, may not be a story, but they're leading up to the story, almost clues. And to me, it's been everything from, you know, I tasted a specific food. I interacted with someone. I've had so many moments where just recently I was I was in Austin and I went to this kind of Mediterranean place. It was very good. And they had these cookies there and I have a sweet tooth. And so I tell the cashier, I was like, are these fresh? And he's like, well, they're a day old. And I'm like, no, they're not fresh. So I'm not going to buy one. So he's like, well, they're fresh. I'm like, no, I like them like today's fresh. Yeah, he's yeah like, like okay. right out of the oven. Yeah, I'm so, <laughs> so spoiled. Well, my husband's a chef, right? So I went, I sat down and I'm having my food. And then he came up to me and he brought me a cookie. And he's like, I think they're fresh. We made them yesterday. Why don't you try it? It's on us. Right? And I was like, 
okay. And so I tried it. It was actually very, very good. And I'm like, you know, it was, this is, I went back and I was like, this is actually very good. And, you know, they pride themselves in, in delivering fresh food. So I was like, there it is. There's the story of the brand mm. extending themselves. He didn't have to do that, right? He could have just not skipped the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, he could have just not cared. And not just, yeah, not cared, on. but he was like, hey, I, I care that she thinks that this food is fresh because we live out the story of being delivering fresh food. And so those are moments, those are little stories, those are brand stories. And so brand storytelling is the narrative that we're consistently weaving. We never we never run out of content mm. when we're telling brand story because our brand is evolving as we are. Our brand is, you know, it's moving along the, na- the, the nav- navigating the landscape. And so as we are, and so it's, I, I know our brands and Be Mindful, Be Happy, it's a reflection of our own evolution at the core. And so as we evolve, our brand evolves and then our audiences evolve, so. Love that. Yeah. Okay, now last question okay. is, if there was an aspiring explorer who just wanted to get out there but wasn't quite sure what to do or okay. how to do it, what's one piece of advice you would give to them? Yeah, safety, of course, mindful safety, and that's also important. So mindful travel is also thinking about not just, you know, the checklist of safety. There's an awareness. I travel as alone as a woman a lot. And so I have there I have space I have things in place that allow me to enjoy my environment but also stay alert and stay safe. I am a mother, I'm a wife, I have people who love me. And I want to get, you know, if they're not with me in a specific moment, I want to get home safe, right? Mm -hmm. And so safety is also safe that, you know, safety of mind. A lot of times we get very anxious about the travel itself. And so we miss out on the travel because Mm -hmm. we're anxious about the travel. And so creating the the end-to-end experience from a safety standpoint allows you to have a peace of mind and be in the mental space and then allows you the space to actually enjoy the experience without the anxiety. So that to me is, it's number one. That's like such a unique answer. I haven't gotten that yet. Really? And I think especially a lot of our listeners will be women who maybe their friends aren't quite ready to travel Mm -hmm. or their partners don't want to travel. So they're like, okay, I'll do it on my own. And it's so important to think of that safety piece. Like you said, not just the physical safety, but also keeping your minds, you know, being able to be stable and serene and calm so you can take in all your surroundings and, and look at things objectively. So I think yeah. that was, honestly, I'm so happy you said that. Because I haven't gotten that, haven't gotten that answer yet. There you go. So Miri, I would love to offer you this opportunity to share how guests can connect with you, how okay. listeners can connect with you, and anything last little bits you want to share with the Well, group. Kelly, thank you again for having me. This has been a very wonderful conversation and enlightening for me as well. I always learn from you. You have so much to share. So thank you for having me. Anybody can get in touch with me on my website, mirirod.com. That's M-I-R-I-R-O-D.com. That's also my handle. So for social media at mirirod, you'll find me. You can just Google me and then you'll find me. So I'm not too hard to find, even when I'm traveling. So you, and I do, I do respond to everyone personally. I, I have in the past tried to get people to help me and I'm like, no, 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 I need, I need, that's mindful to me. I do engage with people personally. So if you shoot me a note, it will be me answering. It will be me engaging. Give me a little time because sometimes it gets a little overwhelming. But I do connect with people, and that is part of my brand is relationships first. That to me is it's my it's it you know it's my goal. So if you connect with me, I'll be glad to respond. Amazing. And for anyone in the yoga, meditation, mindfulness space, check out Be Mindful, Be Happy for all their amazing products. And for anything in marketing, anyone in marketing and communications or anyone just really looking to up-level their own personal brand, please go and get her book, Brand Storytelling. Put customers at the heart of your brand story. And we'll see you in Seraphos next year. Yes, we'll see you I'm in Greece. Definitely going. We'll see you in Morocco. We'll see you <laughs> in all the places. <laughs> Thanks, Mary. Thank you. 
Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Transform with Travel podcast. Don't forget to hit subscribe so you never miss an episode of inspiration, adventure, and exploration. If you felt inspired by this episode, please rate and review in whatever streaming app you're listening from. This allows us to spread the word even more and continue to serve up weekly doses of adventure. As always, we'd love if you could share the episode with someone in your life who you think will benefit from this conversation. Thanks so much for listening. This is your reminder to get out there and keep on exploring.